Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to the podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I'm Xavier Angel, Certified Financial Planner, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Eric Garcia, Certified Financial Planner. That's right. And I'm excited today. Excited. Uh, excited about our guest. Enthusiastic. I am excited about our guest. Felix Garcia. Hey, hey, I know that guy. I've learned, uh, he is a great guy. I've learned a lot from him over the past two years. So Eric, tell us, how do you know him? Felix, I met him about, I don't know, 42 years ago. No, as you guess, Felix. 42. 42 years ago, yeah. yeah. All the grades you would think, you wouldn't think. You'd think it longer than that. But no, Felix Garcia, the one, the only. Felix is my father. Um, this is the man who... Um, who taught me a lot, a lot about life, a lot about business. Um, I, I, you know, I can't say enough about him. But I don't, should I call him Felix or should I call him Dad for the show? I can't call him Felix. Dad, Dad, welcome to Stuff About Money. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, having me here. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for making time to to join the show. So give us um give us a quick. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's possible to give us a quick, but give us like a quick rundown. Who is who is this Felix Garcia? Well, Eric wants me to give you uh, my life story in two minutes, and that's kind of difficult. But I will try to do my best. The floor uh, is yours, I was man. Born in, the mic is yours. Uh, I was born in Cuba, uh, May 18, 1948, in a small town uh, in Cuba called San Miguel de los Baños. Great little town. It was a uh, very um, progressive town. It was um, the town actually lived from the tourist because we had um, mineral waters and people used to come to drink the waters and take bath in the, uh, in the, in the pools. And it was said that um, all kinds of uh, ills would be cured from, from drinking the water. But anyway... Yeah, I mean, the name of the town, St. Michael of the Baths, right? So it's named Correct. after the springs, yeah. Correct, yes. Uh, my grandfather used to work for one of the hotels uh, in the town. He was the um, maintenance man. And um, I used to go with him. I'd met a lot of people, a lot of guests. I used to go there. Um, when I was about um, uh, 15 years old, uh, one of the guests asked me if I wanted to leave Cuba. And of course, I was delighted to, to leave Cuba. As you all well know, Cuba is a communist country, and I wasn't gonna, I didn't want to be raised there. So this man... What, uh, what year was that? About what year was that? That was in, um, in 1963. 1963. I was 15. Yeah, um, actually, it was uh, November 22nd, 1963, the day after uh, President Kennedy was uh, assassinated. So we left Cuba, and we went to Spain. 
Um, I was in Spain up, up until March 1964. March 1964, we um, came to the United States um, and uh, arrived in the audience, uh, like I said, March 1964. And uh, from that point, actually, uh, a year after we got in the, in, in the audience, the man passed away. And I was left all on my own with no family, no one to uh, look after me, no one so to how, help how me. Old you at this, how old are you at this point? I was uh, 16 years old. 16 yes. years old. Okay. 16 years old, on my own. It, uh, it was difficult. I, I had a lot of um, uh, ups and downs. I started working and um, held a lot of jobs. But I didn't want to be. Uh, I didn't want to be working in a place where um, somebody was telling me what to do. I wanted to be independent. And finally, finally, in 1977, I started in the insurance business, and um, have done very well. And I have been here ever since. So you came over at at, and at 16 years old um, by yourself here. And you are where you are today, and I and I think that is a, a a beautiful story, and and one that we could definitely bring on, and you could share some of that knowledge uh, with individuals. It's just a tremendous story, and I'm glad to have you on board because of that. So I, I got a couple questions. I got a couple. I mean, there's a obviously a lot that was missing from that story. For for I mean, we don't have time. Maybe we, maybe we should just do like a series with uh, with my dad because I think there's so many takeaways there but you talked about when you that came could be a series that could be a series all along all, you know stuff about itself. felix you didn't yeah. learn in school man that would yeah we could, we could do we could launch a whole other show stuff about felix they didn't teach you in school so you talked about coming over you're 16 years old you're you're i mean were you in school like did you go to school like what how did you learn english like what give us a little bit of details there well, what, yes, were you, what were you um, skilled to do like what 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 jobs were you doing uh, uh, at the beginning, uh, I did since I had uh, since I had this man that uh, took me out of Cuba for the first for the first year in the United States. I had him to rely on, so I started. Uh, I went to school to get my high school diploma, but a year later, like I said, he passed away. So it was um, I had to quit school and go to work to support myself, and I just started working in. Um, uh, First, first of all, I was delivering papers in the morning, uh, Times Picayune in the morning. And then um, after that, I would go to downtown and uh, work in an office delivering papers from office to office. Like a courier? As you know, back courier. In the, yeah, a courier, yeah. Back in those days, there, no, there was no text, there was no um, none of that stuff. So it had to be done um, just walking around. I was making $25 a, a week. And of course, I wanted it to make more money. And I wanted to move from there and I started looking for other jobs, but nobody wanted to hire me because I didn't have a high school diploma. So I made a decision that I needed to, to do something about that. So I started to go to school at night to get my uh, GED, which I did a um, couple, year couple of years later. I think I believe I got my, my GED. Then I uh, went on to Loyola University to try to get um, my degree, my college degree. But I had to stop after three years because uh, I got married. I had my first son and I could not afford to go to school 
and support a family. And then, like I said, in 1977, I landed, I came into the insurance business, which was one of my best decisions. And I've been in it um, up to uh, this moment. Yeah, insurance. So, go ahead, Felix, David. how did you, so here you are, um, you've had to learn the language. You've had to learn to, to be able to, to cross that language barrier. Um, I'm interested to find out how did you get into the insurance business? What was it about the insurance and, and what was it about the insurance business that drove you uh, to make that decision to get into it? Well, first of all, when I first arrived, uh, to be honest with you, I was scared. Uh, new country, new people, new language. I felt that the air that I was breathing wasn't even my, my air. I felt awkward. But then finally, I, I, just, I, I just adapted to all of those uh, changes. Um, while I was working for a supermarket uh, as a manager, uh, I, had, I started meeting some people that um, told me, you know, you should go into the insurance business. And uh, I went ahead and uh, took, uh, back in those days, you had to take an aptitude test to see if you were up to be in the business. And I did. And I did, um, I did well in the test. But I wasn't really sure that I wanted to live a good paying job. I was making pretty good money back in those days uh, at the supermarket. I liked what I was doing. So I kept holding back. But then I had a situation in the supermarket where um, it drove me to, um, to, to just quit. I had to make decisions that were uh, to a certain point against my moral and, uh, and, and my way of thinking. And uh, so I called one of those guys who asked me to, to be in the insurance business. And I started working in the insurance business. Uh, and I did very well. The first year, I was um, the number five rookie in the, uh, in the entire um, southern region. Uh, and just to, just to let people know, that, that is not a small feat. Uh, that, that is, that's a big feat to, to accomplish. Can you tell us the story about your first paycheck that you got when you joined the insurance business? Oh, no, no. That was, oh, that that was, that's, a little, that's fast forward. That's not the first check, first check when you switched companies, right? The first check, when I, uh, I was selling uh, just life insurance for a company called Sun Life of Canada. And uh, I had a friend who uh, was with American National uh, Insurance Company, and uh, he wanted me to move there. But I didn't want to do it. But finally, I made the decision because the company had property and casualty as well. And I felt that I was able to serve the clients, uh, not just for life, but for also other, other things. So um, I started working there, and uh, the first check that I got was for probably, if I remember correctly, $35. And I was so mad and so upset that I went to see the manager, who was a fine gentleman, very gentleman. And I just stood uh, in front of him, and I just threw the check at him, and I said, um, do you think I can support my family with a check like this? This is ridiculous. So the man sat me down and he talked to me very gently and uh, he kept helping me and telling me things that I needed to do to, to improve and all that kind of stuff. And I did follow what he was saying. And uh, 
we struggled, but uh, we finally made it. And was with that company up until um, July of this year that they retired me. So how many years were you in the business? 40, 40 plus years, about 44 years, 44, 45 years, perhaps. Yes. I grew up, I grew up in the insurance business, Savior. It's my life. <laughs> That's my life. I see, I, I see so that. I want to, I want to signpost something here. Something, something that, you know, as you're listening to my dad talk, and this is a lesson that that I learned that you just kind of pick up, right? I don't know if there was any time where he he said, "Son, let me sit you down and teach you this," but this is something that he you kind of you pick up, right? Just being around him, and um, I mean, he he would he would verbalize it, but he talked about all the different jobs, and, and there's this constant desire to grow, this constant desire to improve. One of the things that he taught me was never let anyone tell you what you're worth. Right? So all of his jobs up until the insurance space, someone was telling him how much he was going to get paid. He was having to um, live within someone else's rules. His reason for leaving the supermarket he was put in a position to make a decision to fire someone that he didn't think it was justified, and he wasn't going to do that to a man's family. And I think I don't know. Did you get fired, or did you did you walk away, Dad? I forget. Well, uh, they asked me to uh, to fire him, and I told him I wasn't going to do it. I told him if you want to fire him, it's going to be on your conscience, not on my conscience. Yeah, but did, did they and, fire uh, you, or did you leave? No, they they demoted me at that point. And they kind of made my life uh, really uh, yeah. impossible yeah. To, to continue. And finally, I just made the decision that my, what I needed to do was to get out of there. Yeah, and then you ended up in an industry where you were able to basically write your own check. You were able to say, hey, what, what do I think I'm worth? If I work hard, I can make more money. I can build my own business, create my own rules um, for staff, for employees. And as a result, you built a... A nice little, um, a nice little career, a nice little career there. All right, so there was there was a lot that that you said there, and I want to go back to something else that you said about the the risk of leaving a well paying job. So you had a job that was steady, was paying the bills. Maybe maybe wouldn't have been something where you would have really been able to grow financially, but you took a risk to go somewhere else. Can you talk a little bit about that decision? If you can remember how you made that decision and, and uh, what motivated you ultimately to do that? Uh, my motivation was because um, I wanted it to be independent. I didn't want to have anyone to tell me what to do or what not to do. I wanted it. I knew that in the insurance business, uh, if I want to make more money, I had to work harder. Uh, and it's basically that I, I just I, I just felt like I was uh, uh, behind bars, you know, being uh, under somebody else's uh, rules, and, and that's what motivated me to leave the insurance business. I knew it was going to be hard. I mean, I remember that I was paying. I was back in those days. I was making um, good money, which was three hundred and seventy-five dollars a week. Was pretty good for those days, and I left that job for a $250 a week plus commissions. And uh, the commission was what really motivated me to, to, to come into the business. And at, at this point, you were married. Was, was it one child or, or 
Was it two, three? How many children did you have at this I, point? I believe at that time I it was it was uh, it was. Um, I think he, I don't think I was born yet. It, it was, was David. Was David was already. Okay. Was David close. was already born, and um, my daughter was born after I made that decision. So at what time? At that time, it was um, it was a new job and a new child. So truly, a leap of faith. It, it was definitely. And and I've got to add, um, Felix is a is a, a man of faith, and and it shows in in a lot of his decisions. So let me ask the question that we ask all our guests. Okay, what is something about money that you know today that you wish you would have known twenty, thirty, forty years ago when you got to this country? You and I did that. I have often said. Uh, to you and to all the kids that um, that if you make five dollars today, spend three and save two for tomorrow. So what I would have done differently, knowing what I know today is rather than the spending three and save and save two, spend two and save three. So I would say save more money. You would have saved more. I would have saved more. What would a saving have done for you? What would, what, what would have how would that have changed? Um, I don't think it would have changed my my uh, my view of life. Uh, I don't think it would have been any different. But uh, maybe I would have been able to do other things with additional money. You know, that money doesn't drive me. I'm not really hung up on money. So if I if I make five, spend two, and save three. Correct. That's powerful. I I like that. And I think that is a great lesson for those coming up. Yeah. And if you've listened to anything I've said, Xavier, and not you, but like our our listeners and my clients, I always say there's three things you need to do with your money. If you want to be, if you want to have a chance at financial security to be successful, number one, um, spend less than you make, right? If you make five Mm -hmm. and you only spend three, you're spending less than you make. Number two, save as much as you can, right? So if I make five and I, Spend three, I'm saving two. And then finally, don't do anything foolish with your money is number three. Is, you know, foolish things cost us, cost us a lot of, uh, a lot of money. Now, Dad, you said the, money. The, the three pillars. The three, three pillars, yeah, three, if you will. Yeah, Dad, you said money doesn't drive you. Talk a little bit more about that because you see that money often is kind of a, a motivation for a lot of people. I mean, you, you went into the insurance business because you could make more money. If money doesn't drive you, what what's driving you? Well, m- money is a medium of exchange. That's all it is. You know, uh, you, uh, you use money and, and you, get a, you get a product in, in, in return. I knew that I, I needed it to, to have money to be able to send my children to college, to pay the bills, things like that. Uh, but when I said it doesn't drive me uh, to the point that if if I don't have money, you know, fine, you know, it, it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be uh, concerned that. Uh, let me put it this way: the more I give, the more I get. If that makes any sense. Sometimes we Absolutely. try to we try to hold back on doing something that we should do because we're going to have less, but that's totally the opposite. The more you give, the more you get. Now, Eric, I think um, in the past you've talked about giving as well. 
So yeah. is that one of the other yeah, yeah, lessons yeah. So, that you've learned from uh, Felix? Sh- yeah, sure, sure. You know, we, we joke. You know, in the insurance, y'all, some of y'all listening who aren't, we have a lot of listeners who are in the insurance space. You know, I work with a lot of, as a financial advisor, a lot of my clients are insurance guys because I understand the grind that they have to deal with. And in the insurance business, and Xavier, you probably remember this, there's this thing that insurance like trainers love making you do is write your eulogy. Think about your life, right? How are people going to remember you? So, so there's a lot of this kind of like post-mortem thinking, like what is it going to be like after I leave this legacy type thinking? It's kind of both weird and, and, and interesting at the same time. But we kind of joke that on my dad's gravestone, it's going to say, Felix Garcia, he never said no. He never said no. <laughs> so um, he's an incredibly giving individual I mean, when I first came into the business, so I first started working in the in the insurance business with my dad, and from day one, man, I'm a I'm brand new, right out of college. Um, that I was thankful that he was able to to work hard and and fund for me. What a blessing that was! And I come in, I'm learning the insurance business, and he says, "What do you think we should do to to improve the business?" And I I kind of have a laundry list of things that we need to do. We need we need to go paperless. We need to do this. We need to do that. And he says, do you think that's a good decision? Yeah, I think it's a great decision. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And he let me run with it. And, and to me, that's a, that's a form of, of giving because here's a man who has had, what, 20 years already experience in the industry, 20 years of experience running a business, saying, I'm going to step back, right? And I'm going to let someone else, my son, make some of those decisions, Um and see where see where it goes. So to me, that's a, that's a form of giving. It's giving someone else authority, giving someone else um, the power, you know, in the the agency to make financial decisions that could impact you negatively. So absolutely, hundred percent. That's the fifth pillar of my five pillars is give to others. And certainly, seeing my dad and seeing how he has given over his life to giving, given throughout his life to to various people. Um, certainly has influenced me. So Eric, we now know what four of those five pillars are. What's the fourth pillar? Share with us what that fourth pillar is. Well, the three pillars that you said were three of my pillars were not technically three of the five pillars. They play into it. But before I get to that, I think, Dad, you're going to say something. I I could see the words jumping off your face. No, what I was gonna what I was gonna say is um, um, that I knew from the very beginning, at a very early age, that oh, you gonna Eric, tell this story? Are you gonna tell this story? Yes. Oh my God. That Eric was gonna come into the insurance business. Um, I had an incredible offer uh, to become the uh, vice president of the um, Hispanic department in a co- in an insurance company in Texas, and I went to the interview. And uh, the job, they told me the job is yours if you want it. But when I was reading the, um, uh, what you needed to have, they, they said that I needed to have a college degree. Well, I didn't really graduate from college because, like I said before, I had to stop and raise my family. And they told me, it doesn't matter. You have the experience. The job is yours. But I never made a decision without talking to my family first. So I got the entire family, and I went on, beginning with my wife, Rosa, who, by the way, we'd be married 50 years this year. Congratulations. Yes. And I asked her, 
what do you think? What do you think about it? And she said, well, whatever you do, I follow you. I asked my son, my oldest son, David, what do you, what do you think we should do? He said, well, dad, don't worry. I'm 18 years old. I'm already, I'm already uh, admitted to college. I can be on my own. He said, fine. I asked my daughter and who was, um, I think she was 16. And I said, uh, or something like that. Anyway, I said, she said, it's okay, whatever you do. Then I asked Eric, Eric, what do you think? And then he asked me, well, that what's going to happen to your business? And I said, well, the business is going to be taken apart and given to all the agents to, to manage. And he throw his hands in the air and he says, well, there goes my career. I might be the only person on earth as a kid said, I'm going to go into the insurance business when I grow up. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think many people aspire to go into the insurance business. It was a good run. It was a good run. <laughs> it was a good run for sure. And, and uh, needless to say, I didn't, I didn't accept, needless to say, yeah. I didn't accept the position because um, I thought about it and, and here we are. But I mean, there's so much in that. There's so much, like I, I am incredibly fortunate to have an earthly father to, to be able, I mean, there's so many lessons in that, right? Big decision. What did he do? Had the humility mm. to sit down and ask his family for input and make a decision based off of that. Not as I'm the, I'm going to make a decision that is best for, for me or that I think is best for my family. I'm going to take input from them. I mean, that, that in of itself, we could do a whole episode just on that. Like from, from a, from a, a parenting standpoint from a business station there, there's wisdom in the counsel of many um, it's powerful and one of the, one of the big things that I've took away is you know we always tell our children you can be anything that you want to be and what I take away from that is here this is here you have the 16 year old kid I was I was I was here. like 14 or 13 at the time well, when when yeah. Felix first came over, oh him him okay, yes Felix. So Felix coming over, fifteen sixteen years old. The person who brought him over here is no longer here. He has to make the decision to go out and get his GED, go to college, make this decision to for a career move, an unknown of of what's going to happen, and he makes his career and he builds it in forty five years. I mean, that, that is for your children, Eric, to be able to look at that and see where he came from and where he is now. That's got to be a powerful thing for them to look at. And all the way to your youngest, I mean, imagine what she thinks when she sees that. You know, that's hope. Yeah. It's a powerful story. It's a powerful story. Mm -hmm. All right. We're, we're running on, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes here. Um, Dad, leave us with some some nuggets of... Of wisdom well you know that I love quotes mm -hmm. the reason why I love quotes I have I think I have probably a collection of uh, hundreds and hundreds of quotes and the reason why I like quotes is because in such just in just little uh, just in just a few words there's so much wisdom in it okay and uh, you know that I wrote a book uh, called um, Ingredients for Success. And I have some quotes in that book. 
And one of the quotes uh, that I have there is, I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Hmm. If, you, if you think about it, uh, all, the, um, all the wisdom that it is in that quote. Yeah, uh, especially, especially, you know, considering your story where, man, you don't know, you don't know what tomorrow holds. I'm leaving uh, the country of my birth, going to a, a foreign country where I don't even speak the language. I, I don't have a formal education. I don't know what job skill I have, um, but to have that hope is powerful. And I, I have a two, a two more quotes. And, oh, two more uh, quotes, okay. Two more quotes. Uh, I, show, I have man. another one that says, faith is not believing that God can. It's knowing that God will. Yeah, and I mean, finally, that ties again. That ties that. Hold on, hold on. Let's 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 let that sit, man. Let's let, let's process that. That ties again into this idea of hope, right? It, it, not like I wish. Not like I oh, mean, I I hope uh, I hope the Saints win the Super Bowl. It's not like a wishful thinking. <laughs> it's more of a, a, an expectation, right? Which which allows us to kind of go through the trials of life. All right, one more. What is it? And uh, this one is uh, sometimes we, we complain about uh, the things that we go through when we fall down. Okay, this one is God promises a safe landing, not a calm passage. Mm. Think about that one. Say that one more time. a great quote. Say that again. God, God promises a safe landing, not a calm passage. So the passage yeah. through life is going to be difficult. You're going to go through difficulties. But if you have faith, the landing would be uh, would be guaranteed. That's a mic drop. Uh, that's a mic drop quote right there, Xavier. I have, I have nothing to add. That is. I have nothing to add. I I have nothing to add either. Um, my nugget of the day is: you make five dollars, you spend two, and you save three. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's so many takeaways. I'm going to go back and listen to this. I mean, these are all things, obviously, I, I, I grew up listening to, but it, it never gets old. These are the, the basics. You know, I was reading, I was listening to a podcast. I recently went on a trip and I was listening to a podcast. And the name of the podcast was, Be So Good at the Basics That People Think You're Cutting Edge. Be so good at the basics, people think you're cutting edge. And Dad, if there's one thing that I appreciate most is that you have nailed the basics, the basics of compassion, the basics of integrity, uh, the basics of, of um, considering others before yourself. Like these, these, are, these are fundamental, I think. They're hard, but I think they're basics. And everything, everything, doesn't matter how smart you are, it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter what kind of education you have, it doesn't matter your, 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 your background. I mean, those basics right there are so powerful. And that's, I'm, that that to me is that to me is the most valuable thing that I will take with me throughout life that I will be able to instill and teach to my kids and hopefully um, bless others with. So thanks for taking time this morning, I th- Xavier. I think we should incorporate story time with Felix in every one, <laughs> every one of our podcasts. I, I've got so many more questions that um, I'll be picking Felix's brain over the, the over the next years. Write them down. Write them down. We're gonna do round two. Round two. All right, guys. Look, if you Sound, enjoy, sounds good. If you enjoy our podcast, follow us. Share it with someone. 
uh, share it on social media, give us a, a, a rating, let us know what you think. We appreciate you and never, ever, ever stop learning. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated.